to the corner of the round table for Thursday the 21st of December. Now it's just me again, the boys are indisposed, but we will have all four of us hopefully back in the new year, but I will keep producing content and I'll probably be back next week for the New Year's races. Now before we get started, I thought I would do a bit of a year in review, nothing nothing too fancy, but I thought I'd give the boys team of the year, sports person of the year, moment of the year, wanker of the year. Uh, which is pretty special to us, and the flop of the year. So I'll start with mine. My first thing was the team of the year was the Texas Rangers in the MLB. That was their first time ever winning the World Series after being in it for a long period of time. Now, I think they finished second in their division, so to come through and actually win their division is pretty phenomenal. Um, Win the World Series is a pretty phenomenal effort. So they were my team of the year. Uh, My sports person of the year was Kelvin Kipton. Now, a lot of you probably have no idea who that is, and that's fine. He ended up breaking the marathon world record this year, which was held by Kipchoge, who I thought it was a record that I wouldn't see broken in my lifetime, and to see it broken only, what, four or five years after it was actually set was pretty phenomenal. Moment of the year, and this was unanimous across all of the boys, was the Matildas run in the Women's World Cup. Wanker of the year. Now, this is a controversial one because we all have pretty good nominations, but mine was Eddie Jones after his farcical effort as Wallaby coach and then taking the job with Japan without actually uh, seeing out his four-year contract. So I think he deserved wanker of the year for me. And the flopper of the year for me was the Wallabies and their World Cup effort. Uh, For Dano, a bit of bias here, but his team of the year was Collingwood, but with no bias, it was the Australian cricket team who now hold the 2020 World Cup, the 50 Overs World Cup, and the Test Championships. His sports person of the year was a bit questionable. Originally, he had Volkanovski in there, but he couldn't give me an answer before today. Moment of the year, like I said, was Matilda's. Wanker of the year was a toss-up between Cuck or Kane Corns as we all know him to be and Jerome Luai and then the flop of the year which I think is a great call is the English cricket team Uh, in terms of Con his team of the year again very NRL focused was the Maroons sports person of the year as coach of the Maroons was Billy Slater moment of the year again was the Matildas penalties versus France but all their run either way Wanker of the year, Jerome Luai, and the flop of the year, being a UFC fan, was Paddy Pimlet. So feel free to send us your five um, if you wish to do it on the socials, and we'll see how we go. So we'll do our usual weekend in review. Horses to follow. I've only got one after the weekend, and then we'll touch briefly on a couple of races there at Randwick. Uh, one race there at Mooney Valley and then two races there at Eagle Farm. Now, I don't unfortunately have a Friday tip, so don't go scrolling through because I had a look through and there's some pretty good races. Uh, well, not pretty good races, but there are a couple of horses that I have in the black book, but they're in some very good races or, or even races, so I couldn't really find an edge, unfortunately. And I don't have anything for Sunday as the fields aren't out yet. 
So weekend in review, I spent 15 units for a return of 23 and a half units. Now we made uh, Adam Corey there in the second at Eagle Farm. A bet, it wasn't a huge bet. I thought he did really well stepping up in grade. He was only beaten by two better horses, one in Madame Odette and the other in Princess Rainers. I think he'll take a lot from that run and I think I, I think he's coming through the grades quite nicely and I think he'll be a good horse in the future. I think Princess Rainers was very good in that run. I thought Madame Odette just had a better run in transit. Uh, we had a big bet on Far Too Easy. He was enormous, won very, very easy. I think the, the finishing margin was about four and a half lengths. Uh, we made Imazaki a bet there in the Grand Prix. I thought he was quite good in defeat. The two horses of, um, ahead of him in Encoder and Kirikan were both very good horses also. Um, Dullahat, I made a big push for it, about $9.50 there in the last at Randwick and he got the chocolates with our saver bet actually coming second so that was a really good win for me um we had a provincial bet out there in Albury which was won by a horse by overrun so it was dropping back to country grade after racing in provincial grade and then our two most confident each way plays in war drama and Lekvate were both scratched um the Friday tips, they were a bit questionable. Ballinor, I thought, raced very flat there over the 2,500 there at Mooney Valley. And then Miss Passion, I thought she was very good and a tad unlucky. Probably should have finished second, but Sisterhood was just too good, um, as I said on the pod. Now, in terms of horses to follow, the horse that I want to follow is a horse that raced in the ninth there at Randwick in So Good, So Cool. Now, as we know up there at Randwick, it was very much a leader bias day there. I think only two of the 10 winners came from lanes four or wider and off speed. It was very much a leader bias day with two winners from the 10 races coming from outside lanes four or wider and four horses of them off speed. So I think his run was full of merit and it was a really, really good run. So he did have Nash on, which obviously we know is a huge push. And he actually clocked the fastest last 600 meters of the day. Um, At that time, he'd never won first up and he's actually got a really good second up record winning two out of three. So I think he'll be ready to go next start and stepping up in trip. Um, I'm praying and hoping that Nash sticks with him over the 1,200 meters. Now, he did go sub 11 seconds for his six to 400 meter split and his four to 200 meter split and then finished off with 1149 split. So I think you'll take a lot of uh, benefit from that run um, given that he probably mathematically had no chance of winning given the runs that Time to Boogie and Dollar Magic had. Now, moving into this weekend, we've got Randwick down there. Now, there's nothing special and there's no real feature racing um, on there, but there's two races or a couple of races that I do want to touch on. Now, just take note that the rail is out eight metres from the mile uh, to the winning post and then six metres the remainder. So as I said, when we're talking about so good, so cool, the rail was actually out four metres last weekend. And as I said, it was very much leader and on pace bias. So I'm just praying I hope that with this a little bit of rain that they've had this week and the rail coming in a little bit that it more doesn't seem to favour those on speed, which it has done traditionally over the last couple of months. Now, in terms of weather, they got a bit of rain yesterday. They're expecting about 10, between 5 and 10 mils today, similar to Friday, and then we got fine weather on Saturday. So I think we'll probably be good, dealing with a good force off 5 at, um, on race day. 
Now, I want to briefly touch on race one, which is the 1100 meters, 200, uh, sorry, two-year-old race. Now, I think if Straight Charge runs up to his debut, um, I think he'll win this run in a canter because I think he is my number one seed for the two-year-old classic there on Magic Millions Day. And I think if he wins this race with good authority or with a decent uh, gap back to second or third, I think he'll shoot to favoritism. So he's about five bucks in the market at the moment. So it wouldn't surprise me after after Saturday if he wins to sharp, start with a three in front of his name or even shorter. Now, the next race I want to touch on is the 2,400-meter BM78 there in race two. Now, I think there's only two winning chances in this race, um, and they're the top two in the market, according to Tab, and that's I'm a Dirty Rascal and Youthful. So I'm a Dirty Rascal was put in my black book after it's run in the Christmas Cup over the 2,400 meters there at Rose Hill at the start of December. Um, I really liked his run. He was way out back he had to make the wide sustained run he copped a bump actually from skylab at about the 350 mark and then he uh, copped some very good late splits for the race now he does go up nine and a half kilos from that run but has a huge drop in grade now i'm not too concerned by that 62 and a half kilos because if you go back and look at his form back in europe uh, he carried 60 and a half kilos for six of his eight starts and the other start one of the other starts he carried 61 and a half. So I think he's used to carrying big weight. He does get Tim Clark on, which is a big plus, And he's drawn really nicely to probably sit a little bit handier and run rather than flopping out the back. So let's wait and see how he goes. But I think he's a deserved favorite after that run. The other horse that I really like is Youthful. So the jockey change doesn't fill me with a heap of hope. Now, not that I don't like uh, Hevelon van de Hoven. I just think Tyler Schiller is a better jockey. Now, this horse comes out of a BM64 at Wyong where she and Super Trail Quinella the race with a huge gap back to third. Now, the race actually rated really well, and I think um, this girl was only 2.6 lengths off Imazaki, who, as I said, was one of my bets on Saturday in the Group 3 Grand Prix stakes. Um, does get a nine kilo weight swing on Dirty Rascal and has drawn quite nicely in Barrier 5 also to sit quite handy. So I think if you're looking at this race, you could probably do a Quinella on those two. But also I think given the fact that um, there's such a weight discrepancy between those two in the market, it's probably not going to be a bet for me. Now, the next race I want to touch on is the BM 100 over 1,400 meters there. Now, it's a really, really classy field. It's, a, it's quite a good off-season race. Now, speed map-wise, I have Frosty Rocks, who will likely take up the running with Conscript, probably rolling in from the outside. Uh, with perfect thought, I think Craig Williams has two options. I think he, I'm hoping that he rolls forward from the wide gate and probably sits two pairs back and has the horse kind of forward of midfield. And I think Lord Ardmore will be close from the um, from his barrier along with Sinawan. Um, however, Sinawan has been getting jagged back in his last three runs from, but the last two have been from wide barriers. So we'll touch on market order. So way Ha Ha Falls has always been one of mine, and I think the riding was on the wall last start. He was given an absolute perfect ride there from Tom Berry. Uh, was able to navigate it. He's probably sat, what, four or five horses back and then was able to navigate his uh, way through the field, finishing off very nicely there in that open quality. I think it was the Razor Sharp. Um, it was a race dominated by those up on speed, as you can see by uh, recommendation and insurrection. Uh, Waihaha Falls was one of the better horses finishing off. 
You got Cavalier Charles who comes to this race fourth up after four weeks between runs. So he's been doing that probably for all four starts this, having those four weeks off. And he has been running since late September. Now, I just don't think he's going that well. And I think that he's probably one of the holes in the market for me. He does drop five kilos, but I don't think he's should be the $5 second favorite. But Dylan Gibbons is riding very well. Al Redente was enormous first up behind Gennady and does bring those different form lines. Now, he did SP $31 that day. So one would suggest the market wasn't super keen on him. He was out the back and where this was one of those days at Corfu where you needed to probably be in lanes three to five. Uh, he rocketed to the line. The concern for him is the blanket finish that the, that happened in that race. And I think he's going to be better suited to soft going rather than good going. But I guess we'll wait and see. And if there's a bit of market support, obviously, by all means, bet up. You've got Chrysler, who comes off that huge win in the calendar Presnell, where he also SP'd quite high in the market around the $27 mark. Um, he's trialed really nicely since. The first one I really liked over the 900 meters there at Rose Hill. And the second was with typical Waller trial leading up to a race start where he didn't really do much there on the 18th of December. Now, I think his grand final is the Magic Millions three-year-old. So I'm not sure if he won a gut buster for him here. And prior to that, he hadn't really done much. So that win may be an outlier for me. We've then got Perfect Thought, who I thought was all right first up without doing anything spectacular. Um, I know full well that John Sargent has a really good opinion of this horse. Um, now, when I see him in the form line, I keep coming back to his run there in the Queensland Guineas up here in, I think it was July, where he was run down late by Kovalik after taking up the running with Tim Clark on board. Now, um, he draws weirdly here in barrier 12, like I said. So I'm not sure what Craig wants to do with him, but I'm hoping he kicks up because his second up record reads really well for three starts for a win and a second. Um, but the problem is he's never, um, his track and distance record aren't great. So he's had three attempts at Randwick for no wins and I don't think a placing. And then he's had one from five attempts at the distance. So that is my only little uh, query, but he is in light in the weights. Now this last horse is the horse that I'm quite keen on. Um, and I think he's actually sneakily flying for Joe Pride. And this is Sinawan. So first up, he was over an unsuitable trip. And again, in this grade where he, I'm um, sorry, in the BM100 in this grade where he was making his run probably around the 300 meter mark before getting squeezed and he popped out the back between two horses. Now, it looked like he was going to run last, but if you go back and watch the footage, he dived back onto the inside and really picked up in that last final 100 meters. Now, he was gelded leading up to this prep and he had been transferred to Joe Pride. And as we always say, Joe Pride has a wonderful way with these mature horses. Um, second up, he was in the Hunter. He drew barrier 10 out wide, was taken out back. Now that was one of those races that was dominated by those up on speed. And it was a tough day to make up ground there at Newcastle. Um, he then went to the Razor Sharp last start and was again drew barrier 11. So he had to take his medicine go about back. Now he covered the most ground of any horse in that race. I think it was 1,210 meters. And he clocked the fastest 800 to 600 meter split of any horse in the race and the fastest final 600 meters. So I think he is primed and ready. If this um, this track is playing fairly, I think he's a ripping chance to turn the tables on Wahaha Falls, given the fact that he's drawn better in barrier one. Now, we've got to remember, this guy won a group three in his first campaign in Australia off in, um, in Melbourne, knocking off some very good horses. And I don't think he's been himself since, but since the 
rebuilding operation and with Joe Pride, I think he's got him right. So I think from barrier one, I'm hoping Chad Schofield can have him sitting a couple of pairs forward, maybe maybe two, three pairs more forward. If he can get off the fence, even better. And I think he's going to get the map advantage over Wahaha Falls. So I think I'm, I'm really keen on his chances. And around the 9.50 mark, it's a great each-way play. We then go to race nine there. And I think there's a one chance, one horse who could win this, and that's Aristonis. Now, um, he was enormous first up in the BM at 78 over the mile. He was out the back, and he clocked the race's fastest last 600 meters, and he just peaked on his run. Second up record reads two starts for a first and a second. Uh, his record at the track is great, two starts for a first and a third, and he's one from two at the distance, with his only failure over the 1,800 metres, a three-length eighth on debut at Longchamp in France. So I think he's a very progressive horse. I'm going back-to-back with Chad Schofield in my bets here at Randwick, and I think he should be just winning this race, particularly given his barrier. Now we move on to Mooney Valley. So the rail is in the true position there at the valley on Saturday. Weather, we've got cooler temperatures all week around the 15 to 25 on race day. So I think we'll be dealing with a good four on race day. Now the race I want to touch on is race uh, race 10, the BM70 over 1200 meters. So there's a horse that I want to forgive in this and that's Private Jumbo. So I think with the speed map, I think he can lead from barrier one. I think the second favorite in the market in Sandy Prince can probably roll on forward from the outside and sit just outside him. And I think Zoo Sensation will also be there. Now, Private Jumbo, I think he's been a really good horse for Michael Huglin. He's only won the one race, but he's performed in every race he's been in. He's run into some very good horses, one in Euphoric, who was favorite during the cup week for one of those races, and then Brun King, who was Connie's tip a couple of weeks ago at Ballarat, who came out and blasted them on that day. Um, he's also run into She Dances, who started on odds on in a listed race earlier uh, in the month at Caulfield, or late last month. Um, I go back and watch that replay, and I thought he was ridden very poorly last start. Now, I don't want to bag the jockey because... She's again, she's an apprentice, but she's not very strong rider. And you could see the horse just wanted to move his head about and she really couldn't control him. Now, I thought he'd lead that race, um, but he ended up sitting off um, off the leaders and they ended up skipping away on the bend and he was left with too much to do. Now, he reunites with Bo Mertens, one, a senior jockey who I love, who's had been on him for four of his six starts. His jump out leading up to this was unreal at Chatura. He's one second up. Uh, before, but more importantly, he's drawn perfectly in barrier one. So I think he could lead this race quite easy. And if the rails is a hot place to be on a on a dry day there at Mooney Valley, then I think he's a great chance. And what we've got to remember, he SP'd a dollar eighty last start there at uh, Mooney Valley over that class one. And now you're getting $6 about him. I think he's a wonderful bet given where he's in the market, how he's drawn and his form lines. I think he's a great bet. We now move on to Eagle Farm there on Saturday. Now, the rail is out four metres. So last weekend, the rail was in the two-metre position. You saw the majority of winners come down from lanes five to eight. So it did favour those horses that were swooping or coming down the middle of the track. So I'm intrigued to see if we do get this rain here on Saturday... 
Sorry again, listeners, people just keep coming into my office here at work, which is really disappointing despite me telling them not to. Um, so back to where we're talking. So we're at Eagle Farm there. So rail's out four metres. Now, a lot of the winners did come down the middle lanes there at Eagle Farm. So I suspect it's going to favour horses coming down the middle of the track again, given the rain that we've had this week. But I'd be just watching those early races to see if it is favouring those more on speed. I'm banking on horses running on in this in this with my two uh, thoughts. Um, but let's just wait and see. So like I said, we've got showers on Thursday, today the 21st. We've got about 15 mils expected here in Brisbane. Friday, very much the same. And then Saturday, we're getting just slightly less around the 10 mil mark. So I expect given the fact that Eagle Farm is one of the better draining tracks there um, in Brisbane and, and Australia for that matter, I think we'll probably be dealing with a, probably a soft six, soft seven on Saturday, which is an interesting thing. But any better, I'll explain that where we go with our bets and anything worse, I'll explain to you where we go with our bets. So the first race I want to touch on is race seven there in the Burnborough Plate over the 1600 meters. So there's two very good horses and I think it's a match in two and it'll, I'll be dictated in... Uh, my betting by how well the track is playing. So the first horse, I will speed map first. I have Without Revenge leading from Binding and Love Tap, and then I have Acquitted sitting midfield with Tazarel just a pair behind. So the two horses who I think are the winning chances are one, Acquitted, and two, Tazarel. So firstly, Acquitted, who we were on last start there in the tail stakes there at Doombin. He was given an absolute peach of a ride by James Orman, who saluted very, very easily. Now, he's drawn really nicely again in Barrier 7 just to park off midfield and be off the fence. The only concern I have for him is he's 0 from 13 on good tracks and only 1 from 6 on soft tracks with his only win at soft track coming at last start. Um, he's much better mudder. Um, so I think if we were at Doombin on a heavy 8, I think he, I'd declare him. But the fact that we're here on Eagle Farm, which could potentially, given the, the lack of rain that we've had so far on Thursday, would be um, a bit of a concern for me. Um, he's racing really well. He obviously comes back off that uh, listed grade win. So I think he's right up to this chances. 230 is a bit short, and I think they're probably banking on the rain and the weather in terms of the, how the market's going. Now, the other only ch- winning chance, for my opinion, is Tazaral. Uh, he's always been one of mine. I've commented on, on him a lot. Now, I thought he was enormous first up there in the festival stakes behind Fearson. Now, the Grabini came out and won last weekend uh, at Randwick, which was one of those days, like I said, for horses not um, was not favoring those trying to swoop, and Grabini actually did that. So he was one of the good chances to, to win against the bias. Now, the form line coming out of that festival stakes hasn't been great. Now, obviously, we know Williamsburg was the the, the stats horse or the, the figures horse coming out of that run. But if you look at all the figures and the times out of that race, Tazara was only second to him. So I think he is in for a great prep. He loves the mile. He's got uh, Ben Thompson on board, and I think he'll really suit the Eagle Farm track with the, the swooping nature of it. Now, I think if the track is in the good four, soft five, I think he wins the race. But then if I think the track is a soft seven or worse, then worse, then I think acquitted wins the race. So honestly, you could back either one now. I wouldn't be. I'd just be waiting to race day and seeing how the track's playing. But they're your two winning chances. Uh, and in the last race, we've got Go Wanji there. Now, I think he's absolutely back. His first up, there was concerns about his fitness levels. He drifted in the market and he finished off enormously um, just behind Nashira. He then went to a BM80 
uh, where he carried the big weight, the 60 and a half kilos with Jake Malloy's claim, and he only went down by 0.8 of a length. He was huge navigating his way through the field. So I think now the step up to 1,400 meters is absolutely perfect for him. Now he's undefeated at this track and trip. He's three from. Um, he's had three starts at the 1,400 meters for two wins and a second. He handles soft going and good going. The only concern I have from his barrier one and where he gets in, I think if he can get some sort of split or gap and he's not having to round them up in the field, I think he just wins this race. And five bucks is an absolute juice. You look at Freedom Rally, drawn poorly. I thought he was flat in that um, race last start in the gateway. He was beaten 3.1 lengths by Dream Hour, Midnight in Tokyo, and Warby. I just think Gowanji's a better horse, and I think he will duly salute as a result of that. Now, unfortunately, like I said, I don't really have anything on Friday. Now, I do like, obviously, our horse in Margie's Boy. Now, we've got Jai McNeil on board again at Cranbourne in race eight, but there are some good horses in this race. Now, Shambo comes off a 1,200-meter restricted race there. I don't think it's a chance, but the one I'm worried about is this field, the moment. Uh, he's trialed up very nicely over the 1,100 man there at Taralgon and has some very good form lines going back there. Uh, 0.4 of a length there to Alphaville, Hennessy Lad, Shuffle Dancer, Dancing in the Dark, and a few other horses. I think Margie's boy's drawn very nicely, but does have to concede two and a half kilos. I think if we remain in the soft going, I think Margie's boy is a definite bet. But if we're in the good going, then I think field of moment and a couple of the others really worry me. So it's not specifically a tip, but I think 420 is a good price to find out about Margie's boy who stays in this grade, but goes up two kilos. Like, um, like he blasted that BM64 field there at Werribee over the 1,100 meters. John McNeil knows the horse. So I think it's a good chance. It's just whether or not the, we get the conditions to suit. Now, just summarizing my likely bets, given if we've got fair tracks um, on Saturday, is I'll be having an each-way play on Cinewan. I'll be backing either Tazaral or Acquitted, depending on how the track is there at Eagle Farm. Randwick race nine, I'll be having probably a decent wager on Aristonis. Mooney Valley race 10, I think Private Jumbo is a great each-way play given his draw and his uh, and his, re- or his affiliation with Bo Mertens again. And finally, Eagle Farm race 10, go Wanji. Now, um, I want everyone to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Now, I'll probably be likely be back next Wednesday or Thursday doing a preview for the New Year's races. Um, I haven't looked at the field. Usually, I have a nice little fun uh, novelty bet on first out past the heads there in the Sydney to Hobart, but I haven't even looked at it because I'm working at the moment. But I hope everyone enjoys this pod. Hope have a couple of winners, and I will talk to you guys next week.